0: Welcome to Sweet Talk. This broadcast is brought to you by the Continuing Education Workforce Training Division of Idaho State University's College of Technology. This podcast is part of our continuing outreach efforts and the format is conversational. We will be having conversations with businesses, professionals, entrepreneurs, community agencies, and in all cases, difference makers. Now, let's get started with Sweet Talk.
1: This is Jason, uh, the Assistant Director at Continuing Education Workforce Training, um, and uh, welcome to our episode of Sweet Talk, and uh, I want to point out today we got Paul, Paul Hello. Dickey. You're back, <laughs> or you, you, I could stop teasing you now. Yeah, you
2: missed... You can, I missed one episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you don't show up for one thing, and I never forget. Uh, that's all right. Uh, we have with us also today uh, Lisa Marshall. Um, she's the owner, founder, president of uh, American Pet. And so welcome to the, the show, Lisa. But before we kick it off, Thank I you. already said the, the word, but I got to do it
2: official, right, Paul? Re- officially. So meaning I forgot the timer, now I'm doing it now. <laughs> so welcome. And those uh, few faithful
1: followers we, uh, that watch the show on a regular basis know that when I say welcome, we start the timer. Lisa, thank you for being here today. Uh, American Pet, so let's, let's just kind of jump first of all right into it. Why don't you let us know what it is that you are the founder, owner, and president of?
3: So we're a, a manufacturer of hay products, uh, very premium hay products uh, for small pets, which include rabbits, guinea pigs, chinchillas, even some unusual pets like prairie dogs, which make very good pets. And
1: uh, who, started... whoa 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 who, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I grew up in Wyoming, Lisa. <laughs> I it's ingrained in me that a prairie dog is never a pet. Is that real? People really have prairie dogs that are pets?
3: That's right. I okay. have all kinds of pets, including skunks.
1: yeah, that's true. okay, all right, oh, I'll yes. let it go., Yep.
3: Um, well. And we started actually, we'll be in our twenty fifth year in two thousand and twenty one. Um, oh, our wow. websites, uh, you can check us out at americanpet.com. And we started, uh, we were hay farmers with very high quality hay. And we had people from all over the world visiting our hay fields um, to see how hay was grown. And uh, we realized that, wow, there's a real demand for this premium Timothy hay. Um, and so we thought about starting a company, and um, it, it just blossomed from there. Um, mm. my, my kids and I sat at the kitchen table and brainstormed on names, and we came up with American Pet Diner.
1: American Pet Diner. Pet diner.
3: Diner. Oh, neat. Yeah, so we're American Pet Diner, Inc., but we dropped off the diner to make it quicker and easier to remember um, American Pet. Very cool.
2: So what is Timothy Hay?
3: So Timothy hay is a grass hay, uh, very, very high in fiber, uh, very good for the digestive system of the small pet, uh, rabbits, skinny pigs, and chinchillas, um, as well as horses. Um, So horses have almost identical digestive tract um, and they need that high fiber to um, gnaw their teeth down, uh, which are constantly growing, and they need the the high fiber in their digestion to help um, uh, them stay healthy
1: so, so was this just I mean y- y- you f- uh I read a little bit on your website so forgive me but your family was sort of growing the hay already right yes
3: but, and, and my, so you guys were looking hay mm-hmm. and
1: were you looking for a new market for the hay or did I mean how did this all of a sudden because it was there uh, you were selling it doing what hay farmers do and then you decided to create a new market is that kind of how that went
3: that's how it went. Yeah, we were already selling truckloads of hay to horse stables um, individuals in the United States and also exporting um, to other countries. And we said we need a value-added business, one that we can um, uh, be our own rather mm-hmm. than being just the same as everyone else's truckloads of hay.
2: Creating um, a brand?
3: And needing a, needing a brand. Um, okay. And so, we started in 1996. We debuted the week that UPS went on strike. (laughs) And they went on strike for six weeks, and we're like, okay, how about we get our product out? Um, So, it was was a challenge.
1: So, uh, other than growing the hay, then, I mean, there's a, I don't, I guess there's a packaging part of this, right? I mean, because, normally hay is accumulated in massive bales so you had to create a packaging or a system or a a, a line not a manufacturing line but a packaging line to to yeah. process this and put it all so you could drop it in UPS trucks correct
3: that's right and so how do you get it to the consumer and being a, a novice in packaging you know the learning curve has been uh, continues. I'm um, 25 years, and I'm still just in awe of all the the really cool stuff that's on the pa- on the shelf. And so you go to the grocery store, and you go, "Wow, I want my <laughs> product in that package." Um, so wow. yeah, we we just um, it was a challenge because hay is like kind of pokey and like little sticks, and it wants to poke through and 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 tear the the package. So you have to um, get a um, a film. They call it. You know, the plastic is a film uh, Mm -hmm. that's thick enough that can hold the product, um, a a way to seal it. um, And there's many different ways of sealing, either a clip, kind of like a a bread loaf clip or a twist tie. And then, um, then how to get the hay in the bag. So we went, we called them mini balers instead of the big balers that are out in the field doing the hay. We had many balers and we're probably on our 20, 21st, 22nd version of putting hay, compressing it to put it in the bag. And that's been that's been a process of, of figuring out how to do that.
1: Have you had to outsource that or you've been able to kind of mani- create those mechanisms and those tools all in-house or
0: we Have We've had to never bring...
3: outsourced any of our our um, our manufacturing. Um, we still do it ourselves. Wow.
0: Um,
3: and so, in talking about it, I've got a few of the products behind me. Um, and so oh, this, I is see. The um, this is the hay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then so. this is this is the way to to get it sealed, which is a cloth. <clears throat>
2: Hey, so, so Lisa, you were selling the hay initially for horse feed. So when yes. was, what was the aha moment was, hey, we could do this for small animals?
3: Um, actually, it was going to the, the farm and feed store, and someone else had it on the shelf. And the hay was brown and ugly, uh, very low quality. And we said, oh, we could do that. We could do a much better job. Uh, we have the premium product um, and that that was the light bulb Um, Hmm. and and then teaching the consumer that this is what they needed because in 1996 nobody knew even even some veterinarians and nutritionists did not know that Timothy existed and that that's that's what the animals should be eating Um, there were some studies on it and we knew that that's what they needed um, the rescue groups, the um, people involved in rabbits knew that that's what they needed, but we had to educate, educate, educate um, the consumer to buy our product.
2: Okay, okay then that's next great follow-up question to that is how? How did you how did you let the consumer aware of your product and the benefits of that?
3: Yes, and how do you do that in 1996 when I mean, social media was yeah, so, so right. new?
2: Exactly. Right. Well, the internet,
1: right? I mean, the
3: internet. I, yeah, mean, I, that, like I
1: it mean, it wasn't, I mean, 1996, What we
2: have AOL? Was that it? Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I mean you still had flame gifs <laughs> on <lot of> people's <laughs> websites. Back right, then. right.
3: You had Yahoo, and you said, What's Yahoo? Right,
1: right, <laughs> right, right. right. So, well, I'm assuming what trade shows and a lot of
3: We went fairs to a lot and, of trade shows, mm-hmm. um, and then you, you started a blog. Um, You started a very archaic website, uh, you know, where you'd place things kind of in blocks um, and um, do your blog and then answer the phone all the time and educate.
2: No, why not? Well, uh, I I guess uh, uh, one thing you might have had um, going towards your benefit is that uh, people are passionate about their pets. Yes, they are. Um, And uh, a lot of people, you know, love, you know, they love the pets and they, and and I know you do go, what is the best thing for my pet? Blah, blah, blah. So uh, I guess creating a blog, especially since you were creating a a, a product that, you know, didn't have a wide line, and I'm sure those other products didn't have blogs, that uh, the audience found you that way?
3: Yes. Yes. The audience Mm. found us that way. A lot of mailers um, and advertising. Um, there are certain trade journals that are, um, targeted towards, um, that type of pet, um, rabbits USA. Um, and so we'd advertise in that we would advertise in actually the, the industry trade journals so that, that the, uh, retailers, the stores, store owners, and the distributors would would find us.
1: So you guys have, I'm sorry, Paul, but you have a large international customer base too, don't you?
3: Yes, we do. And in 1998, we started uh, exporting to Japan um, and we found that distributor through a trade show. Um, And in 2002, we started exporting to Hong Kong and it just led from there. We're in Singapore, China, uh, South Korea, we're in Europe, in Canada, Mexico.
2: So Lisa, um, if I was to go into a pet store, I'd see your product on the shelf.
3: Uh some of the pest sure. Mm-hmm. Excellent.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm gonna look now.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're in Pico. <laughs> so I,
2: I, I guess the, the
1: amazing thing to me is this so um you guys are based out of Buell, Idaho now, correct?
3: Yes, we are.
1: And um and, and it sounds like though your largest market is an international market or has they evened out now? Are you about- that's
3: right. Um yeah, it's about sixty percent of our business. Oh wow.
2: How do you – what makes you – what makes the international market, do you think, is a larger market than the U.S. market? Is it just uh, a larger – because you're going to all kinds of different countries, it's a larger population, or uh, are they just uh, looking for a better product?
3: That's right. So the the international uh, consumer understands quality. And so they don't. They really are more educated than the U.S. market. So U.S. goes for price, what's convenient, um, and and that could be something that's less quality. Uh, but the international consumer just loves high quality, and they understand it. And that's why we do so well because we have a premium product.
1: So Excellent. having gone through this process, and and like I think you met, mentioned earlier, just. I mean, so the learning curve in, part in the packaging, the learning curve in the marketing, um, the learning curve uh, in educating your, I mean, that's part of the marketing. But at the same time, you had to let people know why this was important. Out of all of those kind of experiences, uh, which one did you, and this is an unfair question, maybe. I don't, I'm not trying to set you up, but which one was the hardest to, to overcome? Which was the biggest struggle through this thing?
3: I think the two things that are, that are hardest to overcome is perseverance. Um, Most new businesses fail within the first year. Right. um, Because people think, "Ah, I have this idea. I have, um, you know, my grandmother's recipe, barbecue recipe, and I can start a restaurant (laughs) Um, and restaurants are are notorious for failing Um, because of that. You know, you have to be a business person, but you have to persevere too. So if you don't go into it thinking you're going to be a millionaire in the first year, you know, I'm going to make a really good living over the next 20 years by doing this. If you have a really good attitude going in, um, that I'm going to persevere, um, that that can help you succeed. Um, and was there then,
1: was there was there a time when you just thought, okay, we're just going to wrap this show up, we're done with it? Oh, sure. Yeah, sure.
3: I have, I have been, um, dismayed over many, many times, you know, when something, when (laughs) you spend a lot of effort and, um, dollars, um, on a new product and it doesn't, it doesn't take off. You think you doubt your instincts. Uh Um, so that, that is uh, the second thing that I was going to say that, um, You have to really, really um, not spend too much money, um, you know, on either an idea or a piece of equipment or get yourself, you know, overextended. So you need to go in little steps um, and that, that will help those two things, perseverance and, and being frugal
1: or limits, right? (laughs) Knowing the limits, uh, you know, frugality, but yes, but it's limits, right? Knowing that we want to be here in 10 years, but we can't, you don't get 10 years overnight, right? You know, so this is where we have to be in a year. We have to limit what we're doing so that we can achieve that goal in a year. Um, that's right. So that's cool. And this is a family business.
3: Yes, it is. That's um, cool.
1: That's cool, right?
3: Yeah, so my husband raises the hay, um, helps us with the, the machinery and the operations. Um, my kids have always supported and come, to, come and work for me. Um, my daughter is studying, uh, marketing business at college and hopefully she'll come back and, and put a, um, a a good charge into the company. Um, so yes, it's always been a family business and uh, actually it was started with the idea of uh, a way to keep my kids home and I don't have to go and uh, put my kids into babysitting and daycare. So, um, I always had my kids around me as the business grew.
2: Oh, that's nice. So, um, I mean, you've been in business, you said, 25 years. Is that correct? That's right. What are some of the most, um, I guess, most rewarding parts uh, in that 25 years? Something that you you always remember from the business and going, that's a moment that I knew that we were successful. Oh, yeah.
3: That's really a hard one because there there really wasn't, there was incremental uh steps that were that were wins. Um when you when you get into a big retailer like Petco um ah. and they take your product. Um uh I remember my aunt um was so supportive of of me and um she said did Petco call? <laughs> and, <laughs> And it, and it is it it the pet industry is very a very small industry. It's very hard to to make the those steps. And so, um, I would say that, that that was one of the the best the best moments in two
2: thousand twelve. Wow. So, so cause the national chain said yes, we'll carry your product. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's yeah. that that must have been the kind of rewarding, kind of like hey, let's let's all go out to dinner yes. and celebrate. <laughs> Well, and then I imagine uh, that's
1: a great salvatory moment, but I'm, I'm just curious if the next thought in your head is, oh my goodness, how are we going to do this now? <laughs>
3: exactly. So then, <laughs> well, let's roll up the sleeves and get to work. How are we going to make this happen? That's right. Um, this is a great thing.
1: Wait a minute now. <laughs> hey, oh God, how do yeah, I do this?
2: Yeah, welcome. Welcome to Petco. We have to place an order in for, for, for 10,000 <laughs> <laughs> units. <laughs>
1: Um, so you guys have moved, you, uh, again, on your website, you you started in um, Eureka, Nevada. Yes. And uh, ended up in Buell, Idaho. Um, and uh, you were able to grow the same type of hay in Buell that you were in Eureka?
3: Yes, we're still for, we, we still source um, hay. We still have family in, in Eureka, Nevada. Most of our, our product comes from there. Mm-hmm. Um, they're at 6,000 feet, really an optimum place to grow the high quality. Oh, um, wow. So the reason why we moved is because of employees. Uh, oh. It's a very, very small town. And uh, although there's a lot of farming, the community is uh, economy is um, steered by the gold mines that are oh, in okay. Eureka, Nevada uh, mm-hmm. County. Um, and one, two or three of the, the larger mines uh, shut down at the oh. time, and there just was no employees.
1: Right.
3: And so if we were gonna grow, we had to, we had to move.
1: So I'm gonna, I, I, th- I just found this out this weekend. So I have a Eureka, Nevada almost connection. Oh. Right. And I don't even, I'll be honest with you, I had—I didn't bother to look it up on the map to see in Nevada, but uh, I was, my wife and I, we were, uh, this weekend, we were talking, and she was talking, my wife's been a school teacher, and everyone on this who listens to the show knows this, and she's been teaching now uh, almost as long as you guys, well, actually, as long as you guys have been in business. Um, she was, was, back before internet, she graduated college, um, and she got certificates you know in in all the western states nevada idaho wyoming montana and she was looking for a job and she she you you had to go to a job posting board and um there was a job posting for a teacher english teacher secondary ed uh in eureka nevada and she said it took her forever to find it on the map, and then she realized, no, I I don't want to move there. <laughs> My understanding is it's it's a long ways away from every anything else. Is that correct, Eureka or it is. I, Yeah, it
3: is. It's a whole uh, living experience all on its own because there, although there is a grocery store there, most everything else is a hundred miles away right. uh, in, in in Elko to to do your shopping, and so most people uh devote a weekend a month to go do their big shopping sure
2: so right. so, so um, what made you choose buell, Idaho?
1: i'm sorry you broke up paul
2: you broke up oh, I i'm sorry uh what made you choose buell idaho
3: um buell is very near twin falls idaho and we would come in the spring every year to do our farm shopping um get ready for for the the season and I just fell in love with the area. My husband did too. Um, all of the the tulips um blossoming in April and the people were just all so so nice and the um the climate was very good. So it's just a place when we, so when we were looking for a place to move, we we did look at many different areas. Every time we, we traveled, we we said, hmm, could we live here? Uh could we move the business here? Um yeah. but uh Southern Idaho just kept Kept calling us.
2: Ah, ah. that's
1: good. That's good. Well, our timer just went off, um, Lisa. So we did hit our twenty-minute mark. But um, Paul,
2: you want to ask the standard question at the end? Yes, Lisa. um, If people want to reach out to you, connect with you, how would they do that?
3: You can reach out to me uh, through our website at www.americanpet.com, or you can email us at info at AmericanPet.com, or uh, you can get on our Facebook. Okay, excellent. All right at, very at very American
2: good. at American uh, American Pet.
3: Yeah, you just just type in American Pet, you'll find us. Okay, all right,
2: very excellent. Good. excellent, excellent. Hey, um, uh, just a, a quick question. I mean, uh, you've been doing this for twenty five years. You're selling um, products to small pets. Do you have any uh, plans on expanding o- out of that as well?
3: Yes, yeah, so we, we, we're very comfortable with what we do in small pets. We offer you know a wide range for them, um, but we've got some things on the burner. Uh, we're looking to bring a line of uh, natural poultry products. Uh, the backyard poultry uh, chicken market is um, exploding uh, with COVID. Uh, people want to know where their food comes from, so they're, they're raising their own eggs. So we've got that that's going to debut next spring.
2: I've seen more uh, and and more of those little hen houses everywhere.
3: Yes. Yeah. And then we've got some dog treat and supplement products uh, also debuting next spring. So take, Very take a look for that.
2: I will look for those. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> so uh, Lisa, I, I want to, first of all, just say thank you for being on the show. And and I, I want to tell you, I think um, I kind of what inspired inspire, just encouraged me today was just sort of that natural process, right? That commitment that says, uh, we we have something good, um, what can we do m- with it, or what more can we do with it, and just sort of that natural flow of once you sort of, uh, you know, one of the things I always at least try to pretend to live by is that phrase that, you know, success breeds more success, right, you get that ball rolling, and that doesn't mean it doesn't come out with hardships or setbacks, but I think that's kind of what I'm hearing at least about your your business and, and your structure is that success breeds more success. We, we had success uh, with the Timothy Hay in the horse business. We looked for other opportunities and we worked hard and committed um, and improved our processes and more success and more success. And I, I, I find that part of this story uh, uh, really encouraging. And I, I wanna thank you. Thank you for sharing that
2: today.
3: Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity.
2: Yeah, and you know, and so many times we go into pet stores and um, and you see products on shelves, and you don't even think twice about it. But uh, you know, number one, it's a, a family business, and number two, it's an American family business yes. that have grown and doing high quality products selling in America. Um, All
3: of our products are made in the USA. We're very okay, proud so, of
2: that. So. Uh, you know, people should be buying local American. We'll <laughs> do the plug. Buy
3: from American pets.
1: <laughs> all right. All right. Now, hey, thank you now for our loyal listeners. You don't need this information because I'm sure you get out on our website and check it out all the time. But for those first-time listeners, would please, please, Paul, you want to throw up the graphic? Oh, yeah. Yep, throw up the graphic, Paul. We got a graphic. We're, we're getting big time, Paul. We're almost, look at that. So check out our website. at CETrain.ISU. Go ahead. edu. <laughs> there it is. CETrain.ISU.EDU. And our phone number is 282,
2: oh, excuse me, 208-282-3372. <laughs> every time, Jason, every time. <laughs> Hey, you're getting really beat red there, man. Big uh, <laughs>
3: time with the, with the phone number.
1: I am the assistant director of this program, and I still can't get the phone number down. What is I, We're talking two years on this show. Hey, uh, Lisa, thank you so much. Be sure to check her out. Yes, thank uh, you. We'll we'll include the links to her website uh, in the descriptions of all the places we post this, website, uh, post this podcast. And again, thank you for joining us today, Lisa. We really appreciate it. Thank you
3: it. very much. Thank you.
0: Continuing Education Workforce Training Suite is comprised of professionals dedicated to serving your educational needs. We understand that when it comes to your future, it's all about you. Because our staff and faculty have real-world experience actually doing what they teach, our students obtain the skills and knowledge they are looking for to be competitive in today's marketplace. For more information, please visit our website ctrain.isu.edu. That is cetrain.isu.edu. Or call us at 208-282-3372.